Why have you chosen to be alone? I'm hardly alone. You know what I mean. As you say, I've spent my life in the stars. And is that what you really want? All you really want? The part of me that really wants is the part that has to wait in line. I'm your host, Notch Karnik, and with me, explaining why they look so much older than their last appearance on this podcast, are <laughs> Bill Woywad, Emily Bowen Marler, and Adam Bowen. Welcome to Strange New Takes. Today, we're covering the first episode of the second season of Star Trek Picard, The Stargazer. Follow us on social media at Strange New Takes on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you enjoy the pod, don't forget to tell your friends about it. Uh, and if you're so inclined, uh, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Oh, and uh, this is, I just realized that my name is also written at the next part. Uh, this is the point where I need to let you know that we are going to spoil this episode of Star Trek. We're probably going to spoil the previous season of uh, Picard a little bit. Uh, and maybe we'll give some shout outs to other uh, episodes and seasons and movies that we can spoil. So... <laughs> Uh, just be prepared for that uh, and come join us. All right. Thanks, Adam. And just like Adam mentioned before, we are discussing the first episode of the second season of Star Trek Picard, The Stargazer. It first aired on 3rd March 2022. The story is by Akiva Goldsman and Terry Matalas. Man, I really want to say Telly Mataras. Mataras. Uh, like, you know, Telly Savalas, but this is Terry Matalas. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's directed by Doug Aronoff. Arnikovsky. It's been a while since I had to say that name. And the in-universe date is 2401, which technically puts this episode in, drumroll please, the 25th century. The Here is the summary from Memory Alpha. Starfleet must once again call on the legendary Jean-Luc, John, John Luck Pickard <laughs> after members of his former crew, Cristobal Rios, Seven of Nine, Rafi Musiker, and Dr. Agnes Girardi, Discover an anomaly in space that threatens the galaxy. Elnor uh, ignored in this in this summary from Memory Alpha. All right, we always start with our strange new takes. So crew has got a strange new take for me. Well, I don't really have a good strange new take for life. I already shared one, so now I don't know. I have I have no strange new take on see, life. See, but but as Adam reminded me, that's going to be the next episode. I know, so, so. I know. So <laughs> I'm all confused and kerflummoxed. Um, but uh, I think I will just this is this is going to pertain to Star Trek as well as my real life. It's really hard having Star Trek episodes that I need to watch and having two in one week. When I have a child who is not old enough to be able to watch said episodes of Star Trek because they are not appropriate for children to watch. Although Discovery wasn't so bad. 
But um, yeah, this one had a little bit of violence in it, so probably wouldn't have been a good episode <laughs> for him to watch. So I got to watch this episode right before we recorded. Um, and so now I'm just going to move on to my strange new take for the episode, um, which would be um, that... I just lost it. Well, I was going to say, as I was watching the episode, I found out a little bit before we started recording I um, that I was wondering if there were real life events in Patrick Stewart's life that were informing some of the past experiences of young Picard. Um, and I do think that is the case. But um, so I thought that was an, an interesting thing that we never really, um, that wasn't ever anything that would have been talked about in Next Generation, I don't think. Um you know, there were clearly uh, some differences of opinion between Picard's father and Picard, um, but but never got any hints of there being uh, major abuse that was happening in the house. So that was an interesting revelation. Okay, I, can... I, sen- I, I sensed that I'm probably the next person because no one was talking. So, uh, yeah, for for my strange new take for uh, for life, life, the universe, and everything uh, is go hang out in the bookstore for a little bit. It's uh, I, I I haven't really indulged as much as I, I as I used to uh, with just like going to the local bookstore and just like looking at everything and like picking up random books and touching them and reading a little bit and then setting them back down. I did some of that yesterday and it was cool. Um, so go do that. Um, and my strange new take for, uh, the episode is, uh, wait, did Jabon die? And I, is it like, I, I, I think maybe my, my theory of a cause of death that I can explain is like he, the episode, the season of, uh, ep- or the first season of Picard was so bad that he just like died because it was bad. But um, I don't know. That's yeah, a bad I was take. trying to figure that out too. <laughs> and he, he apparently didn't have a synth body handy that he could just no, uh, you know make slide a, into a golem handy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, um, did we see that happen last season? I don't think so. Like, was I think it he one of just the times when in the... the middle? No. Right? It happened off camera, yeah, and it's because they want they want Picard to have a love interest, right? So, yeah. so they killed her husband. I mean, she is definitely the right demographic for Picard love interests, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's here's my strange new take, which is that I, I don't know. I've not not really expressed this. I've been kind of fearful of saying this out loud to other human beings, let alone on a podcast. It goes out to some of the people, but I have this deep phobia of German sausages. It's true. I fear the worst. Uh, <laughs> All right. Oh man. Should, um, I think we should just end the podcast here. I think yeah. that's I think that's it. With, yeah, with we're, that, we're not gonna air the next one night. <laughs> like yeah. this, this just has to end at eighty seven. With that being said, I, I think you can illustrate the differences between Picard and Discovery with this, which is that in Discovery you had this like long torturous like time that Burnham was having being like what should I say when the ship goes to warp let uh should I say this or that no let's go with this emotive like let's fly and then Cristobal Rios is like dale boom to warp and like that's it that's it uh freaking loved it freaking loved it (laughs) excuse me okay um so 
there's an experiment going on in Russia, I think in, in Moscow or nearby, um, where it's like, you know, researching how people would um, fare on really long journeys in space. And so there are six dudes, I think three Russians and, and three Americans. I don't know if they're all dudes, six people um, who are trapped in like a shipping container underground, right? Closed off from all like outside information right now, right? <laughs> well, like, you know, <laughs> there's Whoa. like the biggest land war in Europe being fought since World War II and they have no idea. So these Americans are going to come out of this experiment in a couple months to a very changed world. <clears throat> Wasn't there like some group of like people hanging out with like Jared Leto at the start of the pandemic who came out like a month into the pandemic who had no idea what had happened? <laughs> I mean, that, that sounds appropriate. I believe it. <laughs> um, let's see. And I, I really enjoyed this episode. I thought, as Notch already kind of suggested, I thought the whole thing where Guinan had to explain how she got older was really silly. And the, yeah. and the Q thing was only slightly less silly. And you guys know they do that just because of angry nerds. Like, they do that be yeah. because some person on Reddit is going to whine that Guinan looks older or something. And so mm -hmm. the writers are accommodating yep. the angry yeah. nerds. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I, I didn't need it for Guinan. I, I think I liked it for Q. I thought that was a that like it was a it was very. I was not expecting that at all, especially since we've seen like shots of him several times in the uh, like the, the posters or whatever in promos. Uh, we've seen old Q, so just to see like season one Q or whatever right away that that was amazing. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean it was actually like. Picard season two Q with some cheap hair dye, but um, <laughs> but no, I'm kidding. But yeah, that, I thought that one was handled a little bit better. It was very quick, and they just move on, and you know that's that. Right. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. I, I I agree with everything that's been said so far. So we will. Uh, it's it's like these little pieces that I think Picard they they were noticeable but they were handled deftly enough that they weren't showstoppers for the most part these little bits of exposition the same with mm -hmm. like that whole Jaban died thing with that like Laris like mentions like or I forget whether Picard or Laris mentions it uh, first but it was just like immediate and like we moved on but we're getting ahead of ourselves because that's the second scene in this episode uh, or at least the, the second part of this episode which goes into the, the Chateau Picard before that however we open the cold open opens in a, what I thought was like a first contact style, very reminiscent of first contact uh, piece where there are these lower decks crewmen running onto the bridge to defend against the Borg. Um, yeah. I I was, it instantly pulled me into the episode to see that as like the first thing. Uh, I was like, what is happening? And only 48 hours late, like, past you know we're only going to go back 48 hours so like what the heck happens in those two days <laughs> yeah which uh, spoiler alert it kind of doesn't make sense <laughs> that, like that I, that I feel like a lot of the things didn't actually lead up to like that moment at the end but like it's uh i i'm right with you like the i i was surprised how compelled i was immediately because i just I mean, there were a couple of episodes that I really liked from season one of Picard, but I don't know that I had a whole lot of like, oh my god, like what is happening right now? I can't, I can't believe what's what's going on, and like this just like felt like, uh, 
good like movie quality uh, uh compelling action that was happening like to start us off which is like uh i don't know most of the action in the in the first season it felt like rather weird and contrived to me um mm-hmm. in a way that this didn't so we had a new title sequence right after that, um, which I enjoy more than the than the last one. I felt like the last title sequence kind of felt like I think the differences between like the two Enterprise title sequences, the first one is kind of slow and uh, mm-hmm. doddering a little bit when I initially heard it, and then the second one is kind of sped up and it's got a cool like dr- uh, you know guitar beat in the background. Uh, that's how I feel about this new one. I wonder if like Enterprise several years from now, I'm gonna like the original more. Um, no lyrics to sing along to, sadly. Um, <laughs> but uh, although in this notice? episode it has been a long road getting from there to here, it has. It's been a year and a half. Jeez. Um, <laughs> I want to talk a little bit more in detail about the title sequence, but I'll just leave it. If there was anything that y'all noticed that y'all wanted to to point out about the visuals in it, because they're kind of reminiscent. It seems like every year in the title sequence we're going to have kind of the prevailing themes of that season be yeah be displayed i i I mean i i think i i like get this title sequence in a way that i i don't know that i fully got the previous titles i mean i know that yeah we had the board cube and we had like the glass that looked like picard's face and and whatever but it it seems like kind of a I don't know, I'm just going to make, like, a random title sequence and then, like, insert assets from the show and, like, that'll be the thing. But th- this one, it felt like it was trying to tell me something. And I don't know. I, so I was uh, I was more interested watching this than I was in the first one. And as I think Emily just mentioned, it has been a long road. It's been a year and a half since we last saw our cast of heroes. Um, and... Jaban is indeed dead, freeing up Laris for uh, for Picard. And man, I mean, I, I I am just struck by Orla Brady when she walks onto the screen. I'm so happy to see she's a regular. Her name popped up in the credits, mm-hmm. and I was, yeah. I was and it's not just because she once tweeted me. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's totally not why I'm like on her side and all of this. Wow. And I was just like, Sean Luke, kiss the girl, just give her a kiss. The whole time I was just like, dude, just do it. I really uh, liked her character. I was really glad to see her um, yeah. this season. Um, but that that brings us into a more serious point because uh, Emily, you in our in our podcast Slack linked us to an interview that that Patrick Stewart did recently in in previews for for Picard season two, and where he says that the character of Jean Luc Picard and the the person of Patrick Stewart became more and more intertwined and kind of the same person through the run of TNG. And that seems to be, again, something that he's referenced when he talked about doing Picard and like having more control of his character. It wasn't really obvious to me in season one what they are, but like we got a really strong one here where Picard's, the reason Picard has been single his entire life is pretty much brought to the center in that um, flashback sequence where, where we have Picard and his mother and we essentially see his mother getting abused by presumably um, Picard's father or mm-hmm. her husband um, and domestic abuses reference. Patrick Stewart having written an article in 2009 talking about how his own father was extremely abusive towards his mother, um, a very moving opinion piece, and and he's campaigned against domestic violence because of that. So it's hard not to see this as Patrick Stewart's influence over Picard. Mm-hmm. 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 
Well, and I, 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 I feel like this is a really, I don't know. I'm, I'm really compelled to see, to like dig into Picard's past. Uh, and, and I, I feel like, um, I, I, I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's weird. Cause I, I feel like seeing a lot of other shows, uh, try to broach a subject. It would have felt uh, like, I would have assumed it would be awkward or it, like, I, it's, I, I'm just, I'm really, I mean, part of it is just like Patrick Stewart is of course an incredible actor. So like you, you kind of like tell him to do anything and it's going to be great. <laughs> but like, uh, especially with, um, how much, I. Uh, like how awkward it can be to to like uh, have romantic relationships get intertwined with like uh your uh employment uh situation or or like the the huge age differences or, or whatnot like i i was fully there uh understanding like what um sort of the hang-ups that picard has has had and I, i'm just i'm i'm really excited to see a season two where we're delving deep into some of that Although it really seems hard to delve into that, given the way this episode ended. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. It'll be, I mean, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's, I mean, we, we don't know if Laris is going to be there to talk right. about their relationship more. But, I mean, I do see it is a compelling explanation to me of why Picard has avoided letting people into his life. If, mm-hmm. if you, you know, um that there he he mentions in his piece about 2009 how his father's behavior Patrick Stewart mentions that how his father's behavior influenced his own attitude towards relationship and poisoned his I think he uses the word poisoned his like outlook on life um and he's had to work hard to combat that and if you see Picard choosing the stars as an escape from a very troubled childhood or personal life it makes perfect sense why mm-hmm. he hasn't been able to make time for his <clears throat> Uh, his life and it's, I think a more compelling explanation than the one we get in Generations where it's just like oh it's just because we've been very busy and Sulu made time for it um, Yeah, and I think it's deeper and mm-hmm. it adds complexity to the character Jean-Luc Picard that I wasn't expecting I think personally um, well and it's like the people who really want to have like with the example Sulu made time for it you know because clearly Sulu really wanted to have that in his life as much as Picard did not want to because of the trauma that he experienced growing up, you know, that's kind of, it's, he was just as committed to not having that for fear that something like that could play out um, through him, which of course he didn't want to happen, you know? So Uh, this is not the most important point about that flashback sequence, which can we talk about how apparently kids in the 23rd century dress like they're delivering newspapers in the 1920s. (laughs) Like, what is he happening? He's a newsie. Yeah. It's like, extra, extra, read all about it. Okay. Um, yeah. Also, uh, one quick last point on Laris. I like how it's not okay in the end. It's not like it's just all going to yeah. be fine the next day. Like, we see her getting upset at Picard when he when he takes off in the shuttle. But I hope I hope we get to see her again because Orla Brady is awesome and she and Picard should end up together. Because uh, she responded to your tweet. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. Uh, she's a funny, funny person. My tweet, by the way, as a reminder, was that I she there's a picture of her dressing up for St. Patrick's Day in like 2020 or 2021. I can't remember now. And I said, oh, no, the Talchiar have have uh, uh, infiltrated the the like, uh, what is it? The, the leprechauns or whatever. And she's like, yeah. shh. And it was a response. 
so I really I appreciate that. Notch, that was. You peaked. Whenever that happened, that was it. And, you know, the rest of your life is just going <laughs> to... Yeah, right. Yeah, right. For sure. Um, okay. Did you know that Barack Obama follows me on Twitter, by the way? Sorry, I just had to throw that What? <laughs> Actually, Barack Obama followed me to his account, like, follows, like, everybody who's tweeted it's, a certain but, amount. No, I but he, I think he cut oh. it off at some point. I feel okay. I feel like I, I, I've seen accounts that he doesn't follow. But I yes, don't know it, anyone else who he me. follows, so hey... I was pretty excited about that. Okay, sorry. I peaked apparently back then when I discovered that too. So, you know. <laughs> we, there was some conversations in the, when the Picard trailer was released about where that speech that Picard was giving was. Total turns out it's at the Academy. We're all responding really loudly, aren't we? That's great for podcasting. That's pretty much the crowd while Picard was speaking. They're like, yeah, yeah, you're right, man. Time, dude. It's all about time, yeah. You know what's so sad? As he was giving his speech, I was like, this isn't nearly as inspirational as some of the speeches he gave from the Bridge of the Enterprise. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, he he, he needs to be staring down the Borg threat or whatever to give a great speech. And this time he's just like... I don't know. What did I say every single episode? Uh, space, I think the he's final distracted. frontier. Yeah. He's distracted <laughs> because of the stuff with Laris. I think, that was coming through in the mediocrity of his speech. That scene establishes for us as Elnor is now a Starfleet cadet, um, which was kind of a shock to me. I did not expect that. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I guess they had sort of the that storyline of, like, Elnor is a bit out of place because he, like, he doesn't get to be a nun so like i guess he has to be something so I, I as a way of writing the character out of the out of the series this is great sure did they write him out of the series i think he's i gonna, assume they did he, he's, he's on the excelsior I, I think we'll see him again but i think they're i i think elmer kind of flopped right so i think they are kind of i mean maybe not writing him out completely but dialing him way down i mean okay. I, I don't remember seeing him in any of the um promo materials uh so i, I kind of I, I was assuming that he's just not going to go back into the past or whatever but may, maybe he is well oh, like right. i was wondering about him and also um who's the other person well yeah if he's on the excelsior i feel like he is going to be in it because uh raffi is commanding that shit or oh, Raffi's gonna end up. um by the way i didn't know that was her last name maybe they did say it in the previous season but i just i was like who is that person oh that's raffi that's her last name okay oh <laughs> but, yeah yeah I, I've I've been reading uh, uh, the first Picard book, and uh, they are constantly saying Musiker. So, ah, <laughs> uh, okay, okay, yeah. Um, but also, I was wondering how are they going to get Soji back in too? Like that was the other, you know. I'm like, I don't know how. It felt like they kind of left her. I don't see how she'll get. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, and besides, Q has done something strange, so he could have well, taken I, them all I, I back. Think we, I think we also haven't seen Issa Briones in the. Um, in the promo material. So it, it's possible that this was more of a, a cameo type thing and mm. she won't be as, as involved in the rest of the season, but I, I, I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll see where, where they plug in. Also, there's also the chance that we get to meet their versions from the 20, from the mirror universe or whatever these, these characters yeah, now yeah. are. So they are transported with the, the main cast, but they are, we, we get to see their versions from the evil versions, basically with their, with goatees. Is this going to um, be yeah. the mirror universe? Unclear. Okay, I'm hoping not. Well, I, I mean, it, it, well, I, I guess we know by now the Terran Empire has fallen. So I, I guess uh, if if it is the Mirror Universe, they wouldn't necessarily have that like sword insignia. 
uh, in the 25th century. Because, um, right. like, his, he has, it's instead a, a weird-looking Starfleet Delta that he's wearing. Right. So I, I guess it this could be the mirror universe, but I, I feel like it's, they're they're leading it in the direction of, of, that there's, at least per the promo material, something happened in 2024. Well, it's like that, what is it, Tarka says something about, like, why do you just think of one universe versus another? Like, there are right. multiple, like, it doesn't need oh, to be yeah. just the one other alternative. Like, there are right. many multiverse, right? Right, yeah. right, right. And, uh, I mean, just, just before we go into break here, one quick thing. I, I liked how they brought the group back together. Like, all of their kind of introduction reintroductions to us who are kind of very elegant like everybody mm-hmm. you know Rafi was at Starfleet Academy Elnor is a cadet uh, seven of nine is delivering medical supplies Chris I I just I, I think the the best they did was Rios uh Girardi beaming onto the bridge and then Rios is revealed as the captain of the Stargazer hell yeah I'm so happy so mm-hmm. happy to see that um, and I love that he's he's just like fake smoking a cigar the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got I, a yeah, I, I didn't realize it wasn't lit. I was like, wait, you can smoke on the bridge, and like, it's like it, it, you know, like four centuries from now, that'll probably be like life in prison for like smoking <laughs> in, inside, right? Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> it's 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 a hologram. It's a hologram stogie. It's not a. It's not a real one. Um, he does like how, his holograms. He does. He does. Um, I love the Stargazer sets, so I'm hoping that yeah. they are going to make a reappearance. Um, also, at this point, I'll point out Picard has now destroyed two Stargazers. Um, <laughs> so uh, you know, don't give him yeah, another I, one. No, yeah, I, I'm I'm into a, a Star Trek Stargazer series that we can spin off here. Like that that ship's cool as hell. Yeah, right. Um, well, let's take, let's take a break right here. We'll come back and discuss Legion. Displaying the signal as a waveform. Scattered, chaotic, analyzing. Not language. Languages, plural. Dozens of them, all overlaid. All asking. No, pleading. Agnes, what does it say? It says, help us... Help us, Picard. Welcome back to Strange New Takes, where we're talking about Guinan, who has a bar on 10 Forward Avenue. Did y'all see, did y'all notice that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was the, what did the plaque say? It was like something historic district? It, it was, uh, Forward Avenue uh, Historic District, I think. Oh, okay. I I don't know that there was much more than that. I saw the 10 and and Picard kind of like, you know, they very clearly signaled it all to us. I I mean, are y'all going to buy a bottle of Chateau Picard, by the way? Like, he goes to give her a gift of Chateau Picard. Are y'all, you know, prominent product placement. They do sell it. (laughs) Oh, they do? Yeah, it's like... $80 $80 a bottle or something. Yeah, that's why I haven't bought it. Like that. Oh I was going to buy it, and then I was like, eh, no, I'm not paying 80 bucks for a bottle of wine. I mean, not to drink in not my house. You know it's not going to be that great. You know, <laughs> exactly. uh, I mean, I might, 
pay $80 for a bottle of wine, and if I did, it would definitely not be Chateau Picard. <laughs> That's like the you, last... you want it to be one that you'll actually drink and enjoy. And, if if the actual Jean-Luc Picard came back in time to give me a bottle of actual Chateau Picard, sure, 80 bucks, sure. 100%. Sure, right. Yeah, he, yeah. He, doesn't, he doesn't know what money's worth, so we can <laughs> fleece him for the 80 bucks. <laughs> I do have a bottle of Romulan Ale that I purchased at Star Trek The Experience. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That... There you go. There you go. You'll have to tell us if it's still good. Um, yep. I've never opened it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've heard it turns everything blue. So what y'all think of Guinan coming back and that whole sequence in the bar? I, I, I mean, it, it was, there was like a hint of awkwardness because I, I, I just, uh, I really didn't feel like we needed to explain like, Hey, I, I am a human being actor. Uh, and we, we age, <laughs> um, but, uh, it, it made me think about, uh, we, I think we talked about this in the episode that um, uh, one of the episodes that we saw with Guinan. Uh, there's there was kind of a hint that maybe there could be like a romantic relationship between Guinan and Picard in that previous episode, and I this was making me think about it again, um, especially because she just drives straight into uh, sort of like uh, similar topics. Like clearly, Laris is on his mind, and like his uh, inability to. Um, sort of have romantic relationships and i don't know it, it felt to me like like guinan knew this about picard specifically as a like she knows that there was that moment for them and that he couldn't i've also wondered i see i have long wanted to know more about the picard guinan relationship they hint at it so much and yeah. then when they do the episode time zero and they first meet and then you realize, like, is that what she's talking about when she makes her references to Picard, you know? And, and I'm just like, that just felt not big enough for the way they, yeah. for the relationship they seem to have, you know? So, um, yeah, yeah I, I just want I just, more I that. feel like it's all, it's all been, like, off camera, the, the, the like, the deepest parts of their relationship, mm -hmm. which is uh, a bit frustrating, but... Um, but Bill, did you did you get warm feelings inside like I did when Guinan showed up on screen? Like I was I was lit up, man. I definitely did, and I was very pleased to see that she had a big hat. <laughs> if there was no yes. big hat, I was gonna riot. So um... yep. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, it would it... be dangerous with all those bottles around though. I mean, how many times do you think she's knocked things off of the shelves when she turns too fast? <laughs> Just I, accidentally like yeah. whap someone in the face. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean, but but in all seriousness, I think you know when Brent 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 Spiner showed up as Data last time. I I think maybe in the last scene, I was like, okay, this feels good, but I was kind of like, ah, I'm not sure if if I'm if I'm really feeling this. And I gotta say that I did not get the same vibe from Guardian at all. I think it was a, I got the same like Riker Troy vibes from that yes, Nepenthe episode. Yeah, it, it, mm -hmm. it felt like a very um, natural int introduction uh, in a way that, yeah, the, the I, I think maybe it's just like the CGI that they had to do all over Brent Spiner, like made those also look a little creepy. So it, yeah. it, felt, it felt weird. Um, It was nice to watch Picard struggle to keep a drink down. <laughs> That's funny in that bar sequence. I enjoyed that immensely. And speaking of drinking, Girardi being drunk... Uh, <laughs> And quickly telling us why she's not in space jail. Yeah. <laughs> another another piece of. Like, oh yeah, they got, they were innocent for me like drugging my ex. Uh, they found me innocent of that. 
Even though you saw video evidence of me doing it. Well, they're all kind of reestablished to back back to where they were like either uh, two years ago or several years ago. I mean, Picard's back to being an admiral. Uh uh, yeah. Rafi's back to being a commander. Rios is captain of a ship. You know, like they're all back in Starfleet. They're all um, so that was kind of an interesting. It's like wow, there had to have been several things that happened uh, well, between well, but, the but, last but, episode and this episode to have everyone be reinstated in Starfleet. And but what's what's interesting to me is I I feel like if I were to tell someone about like if they were thinking about watching Picard, I think I might just tell them to start at season two. I, I, I don't think... know that you need to see season one very much see this is what i was thinking about and i think the two things that i think are are very significant maybe three things that are very significant about season one that i'm not willing to give up on are number one seven of nine and Icheb, um kind of seeing Mm. that backstory of how the borg are being treated i think the the real story of how he had to kill his like commanding officer um and why he left starfleet i think that's compelling in the scene with him and his holograms is kind of fun yes uh as well and and maybe the only other thing that i maybe miss out of um out of season one is um i think i think maybe i counted two as three bad mistakes so those those two <laughs> things rios and seven of nine are the two things that i think i were were good out of season but but yes we've we've just swept away everything that was established back then i feel like I, Notch, I think I know what the third thing was. It's everybody's favorite part of Picard, which is in the end when they turn him into a robot. <laughs> Everybody really liked that, right? And, yeah, yeah. And that how was this really isn't actually Picard. Right, uh, right. That was my favorite uh, part well, for sure. I would say Nepenthe was right, actually right. a really that was nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, but, the brother, I, I think awkward could... uh, brother sister incest with Narek and whatever her name was. Um, oh yeah. So oh another, gosh, another yeah. Highlight. I kind of looked about uh, that. It's never been done in in uh, modern media that I can recall. Uh, so it, that was very creative of them. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, so what happened to Narek? He's not around anywhere. But anyway, uh, hopefully, hopefully we meet the guy again. Um, Anyway, uh, yeah, so I think I think we the ban on synthetics, finally, we should acknowledge that's gone. So they've really, truly just been like, yeah, that season that Michael Chabon wrote, just forget all about it. Like, <laughs> don't worry. In fact, we'll <laughs> kill off the character that that was named after him. <laughs> Zaban. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's, let's get to the meat and potatoes of this episode, which is, help us, Jean-Luc Picard, you're our only hope. Uh, you know, Obi Wan ro- can. Oh wait. Yeah, yeah. They, they send a little robot through the anomaly to tell uh, Picard to come back. Um, what you, what y'all think about that whole anomaly sequence? I I I, I had a, a slight bit of like fear in the in the back of my mind of like please don't please please don't give us an entire season about this damn anomaly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I um I thought that this was a. Uh, this is a very interesting uh, setup, I, th- I think, because it, I, I don't know that we need this to be like a universe-ending thing or whatever. I I, I see this as like a, um, uh, well, one, it's like we, we don't even need to like do much techno babble about like oh well, there's some such and such type of distortion, and it's like seven parsecs wide, and like we it, we just like it's a big green thing. It makes an Akira class ship uh, say like, "Hey, there's an anomaly. Starfleet, can you send somebody out to help us out?" And then we just go straight to it. Um, and I don't, I don't know. I'm, 
I'm very intrigued, and I have some theories about the Borg that, that came out of that thing. Ooh, what are your theories? And I can go into those theories, too. Yeah, you should. Yeah, I, mean, I, <laughs> I, I also found it very compelling, this, you know, the Article 15, the idea that they're, like, asking to join the Federation. Yeah. But then it's, like, the Borg, so they don't really know how to communicate mm-hmm. <laughs> which yeah, is again so we're talking it, we well we are going to talk in the discovery episode about how to confront your enemies <laughs> <laughs> and, and relate to them and this is a, i think another piece of that uh which by the way one one quick point about this little anomaly before we get into the borg theories that adam mm-hmm. has how come everybody wasn't like yo it's green it's the borg like I know. <laughs> and it's and the voice is like jean-luc picard yeah. beep boop bop <laughs> and it's it's so hmm. many different languages all at once like it just seemed like oh this is gonna be the borg it's like you know (laughs) well i i I don't know i so that's that's where i i think uh this this is where we get into to my theories a, a bit i think that this is borg from the alternate universe and i think that they that there are some fundamental things that are very different about them what the way is the Borg we, we, Queen looks? No, sorry. Go well, ahead. yeah, I, I mean, so, so the, the Borg Queen looks like there's, it seems like there's much more mechanical uh, type things that are happening uh, on her. Like we we don't even see a face, uh, which I think is interesting. But uh, so when the Borg have spoken in uh, in all the other episodes of Star Trek, it's always been shown as like they translate themselves to whoever it is that they're talking to. Uh like like it, like the universal tra- translator works with the Borg, and I, I guess what I'm wondering is like if this is a Borg that truly, like maybe they are like the good guys in this alternate universe, and there's something that they need to be running from, and so like it seems plausible to them to actually want to become part of the Federation, and uh, the like the other thing is like uh, since we hear this legion of voices all saying the same thing but in the uh within their own potentially their own languages i'm wondering if uh this is not just the straightforward hive mind that we've seen before that Mm. maybe there's there's more individualism that's happening within the borg maybe they have a a united will or something like that but they're not as um i don't know it I, i i i'm wondering if this isn't like the the typical like subjugated by the uh by the hive mind type borg that we've seen before could be and and i mean this is this is i i was scanning discussion threads and there is a lot of conversation about like hey we don't actually see the face of the borg queen at the end there like the the this you know when when there's it's like the same i've mentioned chekhov's gone on this podcast several times it's like if there wasn't any reason for there to be this like mask why would it be there right yeah um at the end there but it's uh, it's michael burnham <laughs> <laughs> The, the red angel. angel. I, oh I know God. you're right. I know that's how it's going to turn out. It's always <laughs> Michael uh, Burnham. Um, we we do also see that there's that there's that curious aspect of the stun setting. Like it's not they're like the Borg yeah. Queen isn't killing anybody on the bridge, which again seems significant. Um, Did you also but, find it significant that Rios is like stop shooting, stop shooting, and no one has stopped shooting. Like they're all just shooting, shooting, shooting. I just found that interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess I, I sort of get it in the sense of, like, so much is happening right then that, like, you might not even hear the guy shouting. And then you're also kind of like, I mean, but I'm going to get killed in a moment. I don't, I don't know. It's uh, it, it, They were good at, like, t- sort of just showing the complete chaos and chaos, lack of yeah. control that we had 
at, at that point because it's just like it, it it is too late for us to have any other options uh and yeah so we just blow up the ship and then go and try to talk to the queen and then it just yeah that's it it also highlights highlights so much how different what a different picard we're watching from next generation picard because mm-hmm. i mean picard was basically just standing there kind of like hmm. oh this is interesting <laughs> you know like like he wasn't yeah. really doing anything you know and we got used to action picard in the last um well from the movies well but also i mean picard. mentally you know, it wasn't mm-hmm. the line must be drawn here, Picard. He was listening to like, okay, well, maybe the Borg should be saved. I, I don't think mm-hmm. I, seven of mm-hmm. nine who was like, kill them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, um, he he did learn his lesson in first contact, which is, uh, yeah. I I mean, like a part of me, of course, would love to see uh, uh, Patrick Stewart just like pull pull out his ripped as hell arms uh, and just like uh, strangle the the queen with her own like cords or whatever but like, <laughs> but, but but like that would not be in keeping with like the the way that the character is gone and so like i appreciate the restraint that they had when uh, uh like a, a criticism of the movies often is just like we have action picard for some reason which he wasn't during the series and mm-hmm. and so i i appreciate that we are having picard as like no he's he's an old man like he 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 cannot like fight his way out of these situations in the way that he could before uh he's also like not an active officer any anymore so maybe his uh like people are going to question his commands uh, more often uh and it's and and like we as the audience are going to be like wait are you just like what is your what, how could you possibly want to invite the borg uh, to the Federation, like, are you insane? <laughs> so I, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm really appreciating the the changes that they've made in his character um, over time. Do you think everyone knows that he's an android besides the people that like were there when he got put into the golem? I mean, probably not. I would. Uh, that seems like something that shouldn't be mentioned. But also, you I mean maybe that's how they rescinded the ban on synthetics? Is he's a synthetic now, and like you can't like put John Luke Picard away for life because he's not but like I was thinking does Laris think does Laris know that he's not human anymore does I just started thinking about uh, people you know like how many people even know this is a but this is a universe of people that like they don't realize that they get killed every time they they step on a transporter pad so uh, (laughs) they're they're I like it to them, maybe this is plausible that like this robot that's pretending to be Picard, like literally is Picard. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so we got we gotta keep ourselves uh, moving along down here as much as this discussion uh, is interesting. I think we might get some answers about it in a future episode. Sure. Another thing that we might get answers about it in about in the future is to find out how Janeway's virus in Endgame affected the borg because if these yes. are actually the borg who came back um from the delta quadrant and want to join the federation if it's a weakened borg maybe it's that that's what caused this to happen so um we will find out probably in the future um let's talk briefly about q before we go into ratings um i was just waiting to see when q would pop up and when he did i thought that was the whole sequence where picard is all you know doesn't know what's going on he finds the like uh painting portrait of himself that as a as a yeah. warrior i found that entire final scene to be very compelling oh yeah i 
I, I think that was the other thing that was like a stark contrast for me is like I don't recall having an episode of Picard, of Picard that I was watching before where I'm like oh my god I have to see the next episode like I'm like I'm so excited for next week because that that was I, I agree that was a perfect way to 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 kick things off you know that painting actually shows us that it isn't the mirror universe because he would have had a different um insignia because he still it was still a starfleet it still was a very starfleet looking insignia the way we're used to seeing it it was a little different but it wasn't the terran oh, oh, you know okay, with, yeah. anyway it, it, so. at that time even though the the terran empire has fallen now wait it wouldn't have been because that was clearly a painting of him like during next gen kind of era like the way he looked at it it was a younger painting of him yeah because when Worf was the head of the rebellion or whatever had the the terran empire had already fallen or was about to fall i can't remember when it fell I'm not I, sure, but I don't ever remember them wearing Starfleet in yeah, Sydney. I, in I this is this so. is definitely. I mean, they mentioned if you if you watch the preview for next week's episode, which spoiler alert, or I think maybe it's a season long preview. They mentioned something yeah. about the year 2024, yeah. to the far future. Uh, <laughs> something goes horribly wrong that they have to go and fix. Um, but but steering us back to to John Delancey for a minute. God damn, what an entrance. I mean, beautiful. Mm. He's just like, oh, I see you've aged. Snaps the fingers. Uh. And, he, and he's the gray fox suddenly. I just, uh, <laughs> beautiful. I mean, it feels like old times again. Like, it, Q hasn't missed a beat. Mm-mm. Yeah, I, it, it's, and, 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 and honestly, like, I mean, there have been plenty of, like, clunker episodes with Q. Uh, uh, but, like, yeah, I, I'm just... I'm really excited to see what they what they do because there have also been like some of the best episodes of Star Trek have have centered on Q and I and I I feel like we've we've got potential here. This uh, is I mean this is Farpoint Q and it's not like Voyager Q. This yeah. is I mean not, I like and Voyager DS9 Q. Don't get me Q. <laughs> right, it's not DS9 well, Q. This is this is serious dramatic Q, not like funny Q. Yeah. Well, and I feel like the sky. Did you all think the sky above his? Um, you know when he's in that domed area. Mm-hmm where he was with his mother or whatever on Chateau Picard, the lines in the sky remind me of the, that net thing that Q had in, in encounter at Farpoint, you know, oh, like there's that. Oh, interesting. I did, I didn't anyway, I kind of it's, feel like there's some parallel between that. They, I mean, they explain what that is in the, in the preview. It's, it's basically like, I think actually it's reminiscent of the, the defense shield that earth has in discovery when, it, yeah. during the burn times. And that's what it is. It's basically a defense uh, system of some sort uh, that's been put on around Earth um, per the preview. There is, I think I'm a little... All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to express some blasphemy here and I want you all to speak one at a time when I say this and not jump on me all at once. <laughs> I don't really like the voyage home because of how like it's like all like, oh, this is the present times and it's people from the future, but they're interacting with cars. It's like... I've never been a huge fan of that, like Future's End in Voyager. It's I, I don't find that compelling. I, my most compelling pieces of, of Star Trek are when we're in the future, interacting with future things. That's a technical term. Uh, futuristic. That was the word I was going for, by the way. <laughs> it was right there and I didn't get it. I went future instead. Anyway, I like when they're interacting with futuristic things and this whole idea of, ooh, it's cars and we are now fighting in a bus and like there are cops with guns there. Like it's... Eh, take it or leave it. So I, uh, I'm. I hope that that is one part of Picard, and it's not the entire season that we're spending in 2024. 
Yeah, I kind of agree. Feel that actually, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I agree with that about Picard. I, I think for for me, the the voyage home is more just like, uh, like just a great time to have some laughs with Star Trek. And, yeah, and, double and, like, dumbass I, I on you. Yeah, so I, I like, uh, yeah, so I, I love it for all of all of the like one liners that we get out out of it. And but yeah, I, I don't know that I'm like compelled uh, in, about it in the same way. But it, it's like it for me that was just a straight up comedy. And like, I think Notch had a little too much LDS. <laughs> I I mean, I, okay, I'll say I think this also might be a cultural thing because as a Trekkie who started being a Trekkie outside of the United States and came to the U.S. and, like, interacted with Trekkies here, it was a mm-hmm. distinct difference in how, like, the conversations around the movies go. The Voyage Home in America has this, like, beloved space as, like, this kind of chronicle of life in the 80s. Because I, I think it's because you see American culture in the 80s there. And it's just the cultural context I feel like is lost if you haven't been, if you're yeah. not American, basically. Yeah, which, yeah, it could be. You know, uh, or at least grown up in America, I would say. Yeah. So so I, I'll say that in my defense. So when, when you're shoving that pitchfork into my heart later, uh, just please remember, give me, give me a little bit of sympathy. Twist, do it quickly. End my life fast. Well, make I'm just going to make sure that the Wild Hunt resurrects you uh, uh, afterwards, and then we can have a, a, a sequel with uh, you still as the protagonist. Perfect, perfect. I just want to like start it. quoting lines from The Voyage Home now. There you go. I was born uh, in Iowa. I just work in space. Anyway, there you go. go. <laughs> good, good line, good line. Picard could say something like that. Um, all right, any final thoughts on this episode before we move into ratings? I don't all go at once. <laughs> um, I'll I'll go in with one, which is that I am so excited. I'm so excited. We said yeah. this before, but I'm so excited. I was so like this part of me that was like, please no season one again. I don't. I couldn't do that. I don't want to get excited and have my heart broken. And I just this entire hour, I it was me it was me thinking, I fucking love Star Trek. I fucking love Star Trek. Star Trek's back. Oh my god, I love Star Trek, and I am <laughs> so excited for this entire season of Picard. Um, <clears throat> I, I was really, there was part of me that was thinking, you know, Prodigy proved me wrong. Star Trek can be, new Star Trek can be very, very good uh, in, a, in an incredible, like dramatically in a compelling way. And, but maybe it's a one-off wonder. Maybe the other creators in Star Trek haven't got it. I'm hoping I'm wrong. And I think I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, uh, I could not have predicted, like, I, I saw some things in the trailer and was like, oh, that looks kind of cool. Like, I, I like Q. I think I could, I could get into to some of this. But just like, yeah, the, the immediate shock of like, oh, I'm very happy and excited this entire time. And then like, and, and we had a lot of range in this episode too, where like we had like the romantic moment and then it's, and then we like deep delve, like we ask questions about like, why has Picard acted this way every single time? And it's just... Like we, we're learning so much about the characters. We're we're getting compelling action. We're uh, like, yeah, I'm I'm just I I'm very optimistic at this point. Bill and Emily, are yeah. you all do you all share these points of view, or are there more skeptical notes no, I, to be shared? Agree. I'm I'm all about it, and it's you know I like Michael Shabon as an author a lot. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is, and it you know it's almost like with uh, Brian Fuller with discovery mm. you know all the star trek fans were so happy that brian fuller was going to be the one running discovery because he had like a star trek pedigree or whatever and then he just like ruined it you know, he did, like like all the bad stuff from discovery came from his like concept 
Um, so it's almost like they just need to like the first season just like has to be really bad. And then just like for season two, just like do the opposite or just like, don't do that. You know, we've learned mm-hmm. <laughs> from these terrible first seasons and can course correct from there. I'm excited about it. I, I really want to see what they do as far as um, being in 2024. Cause you know, we're living in 2022 and it kind of sucks. And so I don't really, you know, I kind of go to my Star Trek to see something different than what we might be experiencing yeah. well, here well, in the what world. If, what if, so it'll be interesting to see. What if, what if there's some stuff that's aged really badly? Like they go to Russia and like Putin helps them. Like he's like, <laughs> I must say, help you save the the world, especially this country called Ukraine, which is amazing, and I respect it and its borders, uh, and I always have. And the year, year, it's the year 2024. Uh, Fortunately, we know I, I, that won't happen since he already invaded Ukraine a few years back. So. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 yeah. I feel like in uh, what 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 we're going to have is uh, they'll they'll come back and they will ensure that Trump gets uh, elected because we're going <laughs> to we're going to have it go into like the 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 type of storyline like like she has to die. She has to get hit by the car or this future is uh completely changed so uh they're gonna probably probably do something like that and that'll be the lesson of the season (laughs) pretty strange (laughs) yeah um before we go into the credits here i just do want to stop in for a moment and and get serious for just, just a second which is to say um i um personally i was i was having more trouble now i think my my brain has caught up a little bit but it's still very troubling to see the things that we're seeing on tv from the ukraine i think mm-hmm. it's um i think we it's it's a very human thing to see suffering on tv and see people's lives get upended and you know you you can easily imagine yourself in a place like that you know having a life one day and then it gets upended by global events you know maniacal madman in 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 invades your country um, if you're like me and you've been, you've been thinking like, how, what can I do to help? Um, uh, there are several global funds available that are providing humanitarian assistance to Ukrainian refugees and refugees from other conflicts around the world as well. Um, I would encourage you to put your, yourself into action and do something, donate either whether it's like toiletries or other goods or make monetary contributions to these funds, um, participate and, and use your emotions to do some good, um, that's what I did. I feel better. Um, and because we, we can sometimes feel very helpless in these situations uh, in light of the suffering that we're seeing around us. But and, you know, as much as, you know, putting up a Ukrainian flag or changing the lights on a building are, you know, it's a good symbol. Uh, I think there's more that all of us could do. And I think we should we should put our our uh, actions uh, let our actions speak for us and, and, and do more. So I just want to take a second to, to express that before we, we go into the credits. So yeah, thank you, Adam. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Emily, for joining me to talk about Star Trek this week. I, I appreciated the chance to do it twice. Uh, hopefully, dear listener, you will listen to the second episode as well. So um, yeah, thank, thanks for joining me today. And yeah, thank you, Matt. I think we didn't actually give our ratings, did we? Did we? We didn't. We haven't, so that's why I, I didn't think thank you, Notch. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Quick, 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 quick ratings. Quick ratings. No thanks to you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> th- th- this one gets a ten. I'm I'm super impressed. Ten out of ten. I'm gonna do the same. Ten out of ten. I'm gonna go with a nine. All right, nine out of ten for Bill and Emily. 
I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of 5. All right, tough card, tough card. Uh, okay, well, thank you, Dinah. Thank you, Max. Thank you, Rudy, whatever you're all doing today. I hope it's a great time. Thank you to your listener again for joining us. We do appreciate you listening, making time for us every week. And thank you to Shuguha for recording our theme music. We always appreciate hearing you strum away at the Klingon theme. And special thanks this week to just everybody involved with Picard. Thank you. Just thank you. Genuinely thank you. All right, everyone. We'll be back next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.